fans. You're watching and listening to the Rogue Squadcast. This is episode one of our newly rebooted and revamped podcast, and tonight we are going to be defending the originality of the sequel trilogy. I'm your host, Eric Cameron, and before we go any further with our topic of discussion, let me introduce to you my other two co-hosts. First up, we have Ross from MGF Customs. How's it going, guys? Good to be back. And finally, we have Ben Holden. Hey guys, it's uh, been a while, but thanks for coming back and uh, watching this episode. It's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Sure, and, and uh, it's great to be back. Um, we're doing something very different now. Uh, originally, we were doing live shows on uh, our friend Joel Robinson's account, but um, since then, it's been a couple of months, and we decided to completely remodel our formatting, and we're going to be doing pre-recorded segments every Friday night, posting them every Saturday, and about 10 to 15 minutes, just talking about what is trending in the Star Wars news community, and uh, on that note, let's get right into the news. Let's get right into the news! Our topic tonight, guys, is something that has been going on for like two years since The Force Awakens came out. Something that is disputed and debated a lot and talked about a lot, but never really got in, in depth with. Um, no one has really done a complete breakdown analysis on this topic, and that's what we're going to do tonight. Um, so that is the originality of the sequel trilogy. Um, since The Force Awakens came out two years ago on December 18th, 2015, Many fans and moviegoers notice that there is a similarity between The Force Awakens and A New Hope, and a lot of people have gone so far to call it a reboot, which is completely, in my opinion, false, because it's quite clear in many areas of The Force Awakens that it is not a reboot, it is a 100% new film, and rather a sequel and a continuation of the original saga that everyone knows and loves. That being said, there are some similarities between The Force Awakens and A New Hope that can't be denied, whether that is Rey being a 19-year-old scavenger on a sand planet, just like Luke Skywalker in A New Hope, or a mega death weapon, Death Star and Starkiller Base, that could instantly kill planets. And um, that is, yes, those are similarities, but necessary similarities when you're doing a film 30 years after the original. And I think why I can defend The Force Awakens to till the day I die is because it was absolutely necessary for that to occur story-wise, for it to be similar to the original trilogy, and fans needed to see that. That way, we come back into the saga that we know and loved, and something that we can recognize. That being said, again, lots of similarities, and I'm not going to flat out say that Force Awakens is completely different from A New Hope, because it's not. It is a sequel with similarities, but necessary ones. And I can defend that, and the sequel trilogy... But there are a few things that we're going to get into about The Last Jedi that we know that are rather reminiscent of Empire Strikes Back. But I'm going to just come out and say that I will be defending The Last Jedi um, probably until the end of the video. Just because I feel that as 
a lot of people on the internet think it's going to be a complete reboot of Empire Strikes Back for as many similarities. I personally disagree, and I think it's going to be its own completely original sequel. And um, yes, it will have some similarities, but ones that are definitely necessary. That being said, we have a question from one of our fans, James Bautista, who's actually a friend of mine. Can we ask him a question? Is he like Dave Bautista's kid? <laughs> uh, I don't believe so, but I will definitely double check on that. James asks, if hypothetically speaking, The Last Jedi contains a grand battle versus walkers, Jedi training with the secluded master, the main hero split up and on the run, a Lando-like untrustworthy ally, a shocking family revelation, a Yoda cameo, and a tragic cliffhanger, how do we prepare to defend it from fans who may call it too similar to Empire? And before I go any further, I have spoken to James, and I do know for a fact that he is on our side on defending the sequel trilogy, but he does bring up a good point that these very few similar story points and visual representations shown in The Last Jedi are somewhat similar to Empire Strikes Back. And this conversation, I feel like, was sparked this week with the reveal of the new Last Jedi um, vehicles that you are seeing on screen right now, the ATM-6 and the Dreadnought. Now, these are both First Order vehicles um, that are very reminiscent to the Star Destroyer and AT-ATs from Empire Strikes Back. Now, I will say that they do look extremely similar, if not almost identical, but in size comparisons are bigger and in breakdown standpoints are better than the Empire's uh, AT-AT and Star Destroyer, which is what Kylo Ren has been going for this entire time. He has wanted the First Order to be bigger and better than the Empire, and he wants to finish what his grandfather started. And I will finish what you started. Now, that being said, of course, very similar to an AT-AT and a Star Destroyer, but going back to those story standpoints, how Rey is, a Je is in Jedi training with a secluded and deserted master, Luke Skywalker, who is a complete hermit, similar to how Yoda was training Luke on, on Dagobah. And I, I think uh, when we're talking about that, it is very similar but something necessary, which also leads me into um, the part about how our main hero split up. It is necessary for the whole plot of the sequel trilogy for Rey to go to Luke Skywalker, learn to become a Jedi, and go through Jedi training, as well as try to convince Luke Skywalker to come back to the Resistance and give them a big help. That is why she's on her own mission with Chewbacca and R2 um, out on Octo, and that is also why Finn, Rose, and Poe are on their own separate mission, recruiting DJ, played by Benicio Del Toro, recruiting him for the Resistance and how he can be an asset, which also leads into Maz Kanata's um, storyline, how Maz Kanata refers uh, the rest of the Resistance to DJ. Now, this is very similar to how Han went out to Lando and how both Lando and DJ are rather sketchy, and you don't really know what could come out from them. And, um, I mean, really, I think they are necessary for the story to progress. Um, what do you guys think? I mean, 
Listen, I, I really do think that it's fine that Rain goes goes to find Luke to be trained. I think that entire story, I, mean, I think that's fine. But there is cause for concern when you see a wide open space, a wide open white space, and you have speeders charging toward walkers. There are visual, mm-hmm. and and it's not like it goes without saying, like, oh, that just could be a home an homage to Empire Strikes Back. Well. We now know from The Force Awakens that it's not just like a visual homage. They are not afraid to take like concrete story elements from the original trilogy and recycle them into the sequel trilogy at the overall universe's expense for Star Wars canon in general because it's like, I am okay with, like I said, having the necessary plot points of Luke and, you know, Luke training Rey. But why not make the rest unique? And again, we haven't seen the Last Jedi yet. We haven't. We have. It, we have no idea if the similarities to Empire Strikes Back will continue beyond what we're seeing with these spears charging at the walkers. It might just be that. It might just be. They might not. But I mean, if I see tow cables, if Ray, <laughs> if, if Ray loses a limb. And, you know, has some, you know, like galaxy changing reveal, you know, you know, revealed to her, then it's going to be a problem at that point. But otherwise, it's, I'm hoping it'll be okay, man. I'm hoping that what we saw in the Forkers Force Wiggins will not carry over. And it's not like, it's not like this is the end of the world. These story elements being similar to the original trilogy, because... While in The Force Awakens, yes, you had the Death Star similarity with Starkiller Base. You had Rey being the scavenger on the desert planet who's, who's going to become a Jedi. She's exactly the same age as Luke. And there are, on, there are so many similarities to A New Hope in, in The Force Awakens, but at the same time, it feels new. While you have these things going on in the background, while you have the TIE Fighters and the X-Wings looking exactly the same three decades later, there's still something very new to the overall feel of The Force Awakens that I think still carries me through it. Like, even though all these background things bother me about the similarities to the original trilogy, even though there are no new species anywhere to be seen, you know, like, there are no... I'll rephrase, there are no you know, familiar species to be seen anywhere in The Force Awakens. Any background species, none in The Force Awakens. You've got Chewbacca. And, like, for the most part, that's it. Everything else is completely new. It almost feels out of universe to some extent. And it looks like that's only going to continue in The Last Jedi, which I think is very... I mean, for a Star Wars canon fanatic, it might be too strong of a word, but it's a little disturbing to me. Because now it looks like Laura Dern's character is on a planet closer to the core worlds. And that means closer to Coruscant. That means closer to, you know, everything we love. And it seems like there are no new alien species. So, you know, there are no familiar alien species. All we have are new alien species. And so it's the background things that bother me. They don't, these things don't ruin the sequel trilogy for me. These similarities don't ruin the sequel trilogy for me, but they are noticeable and therefore make it so that it's it's like the, the this the sequel trilogy so far is like a ninety ninety five percent where whereas it could be like a hundred, you know. Um, yeah, it, it just 
tried to go for just a f- if they tried to be just a bit more unique about it rather than playing it entirely safe, like they did. And I mean, you know, in the Force Awakens, you did have some new, you know, you know, you did have some new storyline, like 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 with uh, the map to Luke Skywalker. You know, you had uh, you know the whole storyline with with uh, Finn defecting from the Empire. You know, there there were still there were unique plot lines all throughout the force awakens but it, but it was it was kind of split up half half which i think you know is a problem that could have been avoided and i'm hoping that they will avoid it you know in the foreseeable future because there was definitely nothing of the sort in Rogue i One. think they definitely will avoid it in the last jedi and i mean think about this time of year when the force awakens came out we knew very little about the plot yet people were still worried it's basically history repeating itself right now. People are very worried that it's going to be the exact same as, the, as uh, Empire Strikes Back. But once we finally see it, there I'm sure there will be a big, big plot and storyline that is completely original. And I am confident on saying that. And, um, I mean, even going back to the whole thing with a uh, family revelation being revealed, the identity of Rey's parents, which is confirmed to be revealed in The Last Eye, I think... That is something that is going to be completely different from Empire Strikes Back. It's not going to be an I'm your father kind of situation. And I, I don't remember which cast member on the last I said it. I think it was uh, Ryan Johnson, actually, who said that, or it could have been, even been Daisy really, that the secret behind Ray's parents is the biggest reveal in Star Wars history. And it's supposed to be bigger than I am your father, which can be hard to believe, but I am definitely counting on it uh, being a big reveal, and I don't think it will be similar to I Am Your Father. I think it will be its own original thing, and I cannot wait to see that play out. I, I mean, it's actually kind of encouraging for them to be hyping it up that much, because I think they know that... Um, I think they heard the complaints about The Force Awakens being a little too similar to A New Hope loud and clear. I mean, how could they not have? A, a large number of people held that... Um, uh, viewpoint. So I think to hear who, whoever it was, uh, Ryan Johnson or Daisy Ridley, say that confidently that it's like a mind blowing reveal at this point, I, I think that that's an encouraging thing to hear because we've all heard all the who are raised parents theories. And I mean, at, at this point, like half the characters in the Star Wars universe have been named. So um, for us to hear that it is such a mind blowing reveal. I, I, you know, I think that that's a good thing to hear because they wouldn't say that if the parent was just going to be Luke Skywalker because it wouldn't surprise anyone. They wouldn't say that if the parent was Obi-Wan Kenobi because it wouldn't surprise anyone. So to hear that much confidence from uh, the cast and crew, I think, is a good thing. I mean, they're obviously trying to sell a movie here. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just think that, Eric, what you said there is a, a good thing. It should put uh, at least a bit of comfort uh, to the fans who are worried about it being a repeat. So on that note, what do you guys think? I think we have all come to the conclusion that, yes, in the sequel trilogy at its current standpoint, there are many similarities, similarities that at times feel like it's a little too much, but also similarities that are very, very necessary to the core of the story. Um, to the original trilogy. Now, we want to know what you think. Now, just leave in the comments below 
what your opinion on this subject matter is, tweet us at RoseSquadCast using the hashtag RoseSquadCast and tweet us at individually. You can find me on Twitter at Eric Cameron Film and on Instagram at Eric Cameron Films. And guys, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on YouTube at MichaelMGF or just go on Google and type in MichaelMGF and all my custom minifigures and reviews that I've done over the past 10 years will all come up. It's pretty great. Uh, you can find me on Twitter or Instagram at BenHolden2000. So that just about wraps up our newly rebooted and revamped Rogue Squad cast episode one. Thank you guys so much for watching and listening. And also let us know in the comments below, this is the question of the week, what will you guys be picking up on Force Friday 2 at Midnight Madness? That is just less than a week away, five days away, which is the new release of all of the uh, Last Jedi merchandise and, and action figures and toys. So let us know in the comments below or on Twitter what you guys will be picking up, and we'll share some of those comments on next week's episode. Until then, this is Eric signing off. May the Force be with you.